Don't forget that after the services today, uh, we'll have a baptismal service, and then we do need to put everything back the way it was, uh, the rearrange the auditorium again, and we need some help with that. Are there some guys who could stick around and help after church? There's one, two, three, four, five. Perfect. Thank you. See Brother Chris, and he'll, he'll get you organized in what you need to do. All right. Take your Bible. Turn to Proverbs chapter 18, please. This afternoon, be more of a, a topical type message, and I don't do this very often, uh, but sometimes I do, and it's okay to preach topical messages. Um, but this afternoon is going to be more of that, more of that kind of a message, and uh, just a thought for us to consider and apply in our own life, of course, and even to be uh, to be blessed by. And we're going to we're going to talk about the subject of friendship today. And the Bible has a lot to say about friendship, and you find it many times in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The concept of friendship is very strong in the book of Proverbs. The word friend is used many times in the book, and and I'm going to give you some examples And you're going to find that in some of these examples, there's more than one kind of friend. The word is translated a bit differently sometimes, which we'll talk about. But like in Proverbs 17 and verse 17, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 19.4 says, Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Proverbs 19.6, many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. Proverbs 22.11, he that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. But Proverbs 27.6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27.9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Proverbs 27.10, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. And we could go on and on. There's more. But from just these examples in these verses, you can see that there are different kinds of friends. And really, two kinds of friends are listed. There's a friend who exists because you have something to offer them They get something out of it. And then there's a friend who exists due to genuine love. A friend loveth at all times. That's the good and the bad. A brother is born for adversity. And you can amass as many friends of the first type as you want, and you can still end up in ruin. Uh, The prodigal son had a lot of friends when he had money, when he had something to offer them. But the moment he ran out, he found himself all alone. They weren't true friends. And you can have all of those kinds of friends you want and still end up in ruins. But if you even have one 
one friend of the second kind, you're most blessed and you have a great advantage. And in our day of social media and things like that, it really promotes a lot of superficial connections, people that are called friends, but they're really superficial connections. And I think that there are very few genuine, real friends. But you know that ought not to be the case in the, in the Lord's church. There ought to be all kinds of friends in the Lord's church. The genuine or authentic friend is someone who the Bible says sticks closer than a brother. In other words, he or she can be counted on. That friend is steadfast. He or she will be there for you even more so than family members sometimes. The friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Brotherhood is one of the strongest relationships that humans can know. A friend who sticks closer than a brother is truly a trustworthy friend indeed. And there are some great examples of that in the Bible. Immediately, my mind goes to Jonathan and David. They were the kind of friends that were genuine and true, the kind that sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friendship that existed between Jonathan and David, and they became fast friends. Soon after the battle in which David killed Goliath, Jonathan and David became bosom friends, if you want to call it that, and they both faced a lot of hardships. They both faced a lot of trials, but they remained faithful to one another as friends. They protected one another, and that's a, an element of friendship that should not be overlooked, by the way, protecting one another. Um, but Jonathan even risked his own life interceding for David before King Saul, who was trying to kill David. And their friendship lasted into their adult years. And, and after Jonathan died, the Bible tells us that David wrote a lament of his friend. Just hold your place here, but look at 2 Samuel chapter 1. 2 Samuel chapter 1, in verse 25, David wrote this about Jonathan. He said, how are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? This is a lament that David wrote after Jonathan died and David's friendship with Jonathan was a relationship that was even stronger than his own brothers, that he had with his own brothers. And so there's examples of that in the Bible. Of course, Jesus Christ himself is a friend and the one true friend that sticks closer than a brother. The Bible says that Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 34, to his own, the, the Bible speaks to the heart of Jesus Christ towards his own. 
in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is truly the friend who sticks closer than the brother. And blessed are we if we have Jesus Christ as our friend. Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 14, Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. And so, the idea of friendship is very strong in the Bible. We probably should define friendship just for the sake of the thoughts here today. Friendship is a deep interpersonal relationship between two people that is characterized by trust, by honesty, by communication, by caring, and intimacy. That's friendship. And we, we might say, I have friends and call other people friends, but real friendship is a deep interpersonal relationship that's characterized by real trust, by honesty one with another, by good communication together, by caring, and by intimacy. That's what real friendship is. And there are type, types of friendships as defined in our text. If you go back to Proverbs 18 and verse 24, again, the Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There are two Hebrew words that are translated as friend in this verse. You see it used more than one time. The first word is the, is the Hebrew word ria, and it means an associate or a neighbor. If a man would have friends, he must show himself friendly. And there is a friend, that's a different word, it's the word ahab, and it comes from a root that means to have a deep, deep affection for. It was a very particular word. And so there's a distinction being made here. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So the first word deals with a neighborly kind of relationship, whereas the second word involves an affectionate, deep, caring relationship, which is also the kind of relationship we ought to have one with another. There's also a need for friendship. If a man would have friends, he must show himself friendly. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's a need for it. The deep, close friends are very rare. But they're extremely important. We're created to be interdependent upon each other. And there are personality types that might be more independent, and there are times when people, oh, I don't care, I don't care. Yeah, we care. We care more than what we would like to admit. And we need that friendship. We need those companions. We need that um, interdependency, one with another. It means, um, it really, it meets a need that we have is what I'm trying to say. Those real, real friendships, that interdependence is, is achieved. And the connection that we experience in real friendship provides us with a lot of things that we really can't uh, do on our own. As independent as we think we are or want to be, there's a lot of strength that is gained in genuine friendship. 
Solomon puts it this way. If you look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, to the right one book, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 in verse 9. It's described like this. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Two are better than one. Why? They have a good reward for their labor. You know what? Real friendship takes labor. <laughs> it takes work. But it's worth it. The reward is great because if you fall, you have your brother or your sister there to pick you up, to help you out. Guess what? You're going to fall. Guess what? You're going to, and woe to him that is alone. When he falleth, especially. There's a need for friendship. And the connections that we experience in friendship provide us with strength. Because we don't have it all. And we need others. And so the Bible talks about friendship quite a bit the me and the meaning of friendship. But I want to look at a couple of things that are marks of true friendship. So we see the meaning of friendship. But let's look at a few things in the Bible that are marks of true friendship. Because there's different kinds. There's friends that you have when... There's something you have to offer that they can get from you. And then there's genuine ones who don't expect anything in return. And in fact, they're there to give you strength and encouragement and help no matter what. So what are some of the marks of a true friend? Well, Proverbs 27, and here's where I say it's more of a topical type message because we're going to be back and forth and look at a couple of different things. Proverbs 27 in verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The Bible says there, and then skip down to verse 9, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. And here I'm, I'm thinking and I'm, I'm seeing that the marks of real friendship and, and true friendship is one who gives good counsel to his brother or his sister. In verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And it contrasts it with the kisses of an enemy. That's like flattery and so on. It makes you feel good all the time. Tells you all the sweet things. Even tells you lies to help you feel better about yourself. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. And then at, in verse 9, uh, the Bible tells us that the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel is something that actually rejoices the heart. Verse 6 talks about friendship as, as not being just flatterers. A true friend is going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you always want to hear. That's the mark of true friendship. Like, and, and it takes some time to build some trust and so on. 
but, but as, a, as a, a genuine friend is going to be somebody who says, I love you, but I need to tell you something about you. It's not always easy to hear. We don't always want to hear it, but it's the mark of a true friend. Not having a friend to tell you the truth about yourself is like getting dressed every single morning, but never looking in the mirror at what you actually look like. There's no reflection of your true self without a genuine friend in your life to tell you some things that you need to see about you. We can flatter one another and we can say all the flowery things and put all the makeup on and whatever, but we actually need to know some real things about what we really look like to other people sometimes. And a genuine friend is one who says, I love you enough to tell you about this because I don't want you, I don't want to see you like that. I don't want you to be deceived like that. But that goes back in return for me too. It's vice versa. It's not one-sided. You know, if you uh, get up in the morning and you get dressed and you, you, you wear some, some you know, skin-tight shorts with your muffin tops hanging out and you go out into public like that and you think you look fine and you think you look good, but you don't have a friend who says, hey, that doesn't look good on you. You're just going to be embarrassed all the time. But what about like spirit and attitudes and grumbling, complaining, sharp tongue, criticism? What about, what about things like that? What about things like um, you never really have anything good to say? You're always complaining about something. Everything's always wrong. Something's always wrong. What about things like that? A real friend will tell you and tell you things about you that, that you need to hear because this is what you look like. And they'll say, hey, friend, you know what? There's a better way. There's something that looks better on you, like praise, for example, right? We talked about that Wednesday night. Praise is comely. That looks good on you as a child of God. These other things don't. That's not, that's not good. But a real friend is one who loves you enough to help you and also, listen, to be able to receive it in return. A true friend, what they have is your overall well-being in mind. And your overall well-being means more to them than a momentary time where your ego might be crushed for a minute or two. Look at Proverbs 27, 19. As in water, face answereth to face, so the heart of a man to man. When you look in the water, you see your reflection, right? Face answers to face. You look down in the in the pool or the puddle or whatever, and you see a reflection. So the heart, man answereth to man. L listen, you get a good reflection of you or each other from real friends. C.H. Spurgeon said this. He said, fawning hypocrites, insidious flatterers are the sweepings and offal 
of friendship. They are but the parasites upon the noble tree. But true friends put enough trust in you to tell you openly of your faults. Give me for a friend the man who will speak honestly of me before my face, who will not tell first one neighbor and then another, but who will come straight to my house and say, Sir, I feel there is such and such a thing in you, which as my brother I must tell you of. That man is a true friend. He has proved himself to be so. For we never get any praise for telling people of their faults. We rather hazard their dislike. A man will sometimes thank you for it, but he does not often like you any better for it. Praise is a thing we all love. I met a man the other day who said he was impervious to flattery. I was walking with him at the time and turning around uh, said rather sharply, At any rate, sir, you seem to have a high gift of flattering yourself for you are really good at doing so in saying you are impervious to flattery. You cannot flatter me, he said. I replied, I can if I like to try and perhaps may do so before the day is out. I found I could not flatter him directly, so I began by saying what a fine child that was of his. And he drank it in as a precious draft. And when I praised this thing and that thing that belonged to him, I could see that he was very easily flattered, not directly, but indirectly. We are all pervious to flattery. We like the soothing, cordial, only it must not be labeled flattery, for we have a religious abhorrence of flattery, if it be so called. Call it by any other name, we drink it in, even as an ox drinketh in water. We love to hear the good things, we love to hear the flattering things, but a true friend, as C.H. Spurgeon said, is proof. He proves himself by telling you things that, that listen, you're not going to get any praise back when I tell you this. Of course, it takes some humility to receive it, but that also is a mark of true friendship. One who gives good counsel, one who has your overall well-being in mind more than the temporary time that your ego might be crushed. Because I love you. Because I love you, and you're my friend. I think we find some other things in Proverbs 27. Look at verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Another mark of real friendship is that they sharpen each other. You know, a, a person a person who, who says they're your friend, but they, the only thing they do is drag you down is not a real friend. Because a real friend's going to sharpen you. They're going to sharpen each other. When the iron is, is rubbing together, so to speak, it, sh it has a sharpening effect to make us better, to make us better people, to make us better Christians for the overall glory of God. Real friendship, or real friends, they're going to keep each other sharp. They're going to hold each other accountable. They're going to have commitments to each other that are sharpening, that are sharpening one another to improve character, to improve holiness, to improve dependence on God. Are we perfect at that? No, we're not perfect at that. But it's a mark of friendship 
that overall, my influence on you, your influence on me, makes us better. Just the other day, um, I was busy working. We're going to be busy working. A lot to do to get ready for company and family and the wedding and all this stuff. I had a whole job's worth to do. And I got a text in the morning. Hey, Pastor, can we have a Bible study today? And I was like, I can't really do a Bible study today. I don't have time for that. I've got all these other jobs and projects to do. But I said, hey, why don't you just come over and why don't we just hang out and why don't we drink some coffee and you can hang out with me while I work? And the response was, okay, yeah, that works. And it was Daniel. So Daniel comes over, and we start by having a cup of coffee and talking, and then I needed to get out and do some work, and Daniel brought his coffee along. (laughs) But before I know it, Daniel's jumping in, and he's helping. He's putting his hand to the work. And we're just talking away. And this verse came up, as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I had a lot of things to do. I had a lot of work on my plate. Honestly, I was, I was regr- not regretting. I was not looking forward to all the work I had to do. It was a lot. I was dreading it. But then all of a sudden, I found myself working, and my friend is here helping, and there's a smile on my face. There's some joy in my heart. And I'm not, I'm not uh, dreading this work anymore. And before I know it, the work is pretty much done. And he became a huge, huge help to me that day that I didn't even know I needed. That I wasn't necessarily looking for. But you know what he told me? He said, he said I got up this morning and I, went to the, I had to go to the chiropractor. My neck and my back were hurting. Uh, Daniel, I'm telling all your stories. <laughs> and he said, I just couldn't go to work. Like, to work today, I needed to rest my body. So I didn't let him lift anything heavy. I didn't let him do anything like that to ruin the chiropractor. But he said, he said, I got up and I thought about how I could use the day. I could rest. I could just stay home. I could do whatever. But I just sensed that the Lord wanted me to do something different. So I just texted you and said, hey, Pastor, do we want to have a Bible study? And it turned out that we didn't actually have a Bible study. But what we did have was a lot of fellowship and a lot of iron sharpening iron. And he became a huge help to me that I didn't know I needed. And instead of instead of 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 dreading what was going to be happening that day, I found myself full of joy that day. Because he sharpened the countenance of his friend. That's what a real friend will do. A real friend will bring companionship. A true friend provides consistent, reliable, unchanging companionship through every adversity. That's what a real friend does. The Apostle Paul was left alone by others in the ministry, but there were some who were there who were loyal in every adversity, being willing to die with him and for him. That's a real friend. They bring companionship. We could look at several passages of Scripture. We're not going to take the time to do that. 
But a real friend, it brings fidelity and loyalty. Look at verse 17 again. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Oh, that was 27. I want you to look at chapter 17. In verse 17. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A real friend knows who you really are and and what you really are. And a real friend does not walk away when times get bad. They'll never use your shortcomings against you, even though they know what they are. They'll never bring you down because of it. Because they have genuine love for you. In fact, they're going to try to help you be better and vice versa. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7 and 8 speaks of love, genuine love. And, and real love beareth all things. That word beareth, it means to roof over, it means to cover. Real love never faileth, it says. That word faileth means to drop away. And so, in other words, deep friendships are willing to cover over faults and flaws, not, not, not uh, uh, smooth them over, but they're not going to hold them against you. Does that make sense? There's a difference. That's why deep friendships actually take some time to grow. Time because it needs some experience behind it. Going through some trials together, walking through some fire together, withstanding the tempests together. That's when the real comes out. Real friends with deep bonds are fiercely loyal because the Bible says a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That word sticketh, it means to adhere. It means to cleave. And it carries the same idea as a marriage relationship to cleave. You can't separate it. You can't remove the two without destroying both. Without causing damage to both. And then the Bible says, and there is a friend. There is a friend. These kind do exist. And ultimately, Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus is the friend, the one who is truly going to give you good counsel. He's the one who's called the wonderful counselor. Jesus is the friend that will be your companion. He's the one who will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, he says that, and he says, I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. That's Jesus. He's such a wonderful friend. And happy is the one who can say, when Jesus is my friend, or when Jesus says, you are my friend. C.H. Spurgeon said this about friendship. Friendship is true when it begins, but we must have a man's friendship long before we can say of him that he will stick closer than a brother. How long has Christ loved you? That you cannot tell. When the ages were not born, he loved you. When the world was an infant wrapped in the swaddling clothes of mist, he loved you. When the old pyramids had not begun to be builded, his heart was set upon you. And ever since you've been born, he has had a strong affection for you. He looked at you in your cradle. He loved you then. He was affianced to you when you were an infant in a, in a 
span of a long time, and he has loved you ever since. Some of you I see with gray hairs, some with heads that are bald with age. He has loved you up until now. He will not ever forsake you. Oh no, his friendship is so old that it must last. It has been matured by so many tempests. It has been rooted by so many winds of trouble that it cannot but endure. It must stand, even as the granite peaks of the mountains shall not be melted, because unlike the snow, it has braved the blasts and borne the heat of the burning sun. It has stood out always, catching in its face every blow from the face of nature, and yet been unmoved and uninjured. It shall last, for it has lasted. But when the elements shall melt, and in a stream of dissolving fire shall run away, then shall Christ's friendship still exist, for it is of older growth than they. He must be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, for his friendship is a hoary friendship. Hoary as his own head of which it is said, his head and his hairs are white like snow, as white as wool. The friendship of Jesus Christ is one that's never going to end. But you know what? Jesus left us an example that we should follow his steps. And so the application is simple. Real friendship, the special kind that sticks closer than a brother, brother is rooted in real love, and it will also have the bond of Christ in it. And the question is, do you know that kind of friendship from others? And ultimately, what kind of a friend are you? Do you show that kind of friendship to others? We can be the kind that are always looking to get something from someone else. And I'm a friend as long as things are going well as long as I'm being told the right things, as long as I'm receiving this companionship, I'm receiving this affirmation. We can be a friend when things are going well, but are you the kind of friend that truly does stick closer than a brother? One who doesn't hold faults and flaws against others, but it roofs it over, it covers it, born for adversity, that's the kind that Jesus is. That's the kind we need to be. Amen. Good thoughts regarding our interpersonal relationships one with another and how we ought to be in the body of Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It challenges us. It encourages us. And Lord, may we be the kind of friend that follows the example of Christ and the kind that is born for adversity, the kind that gives good counsel, the kind that is always there, that's loyal, that's true, the kind that is a help, the kind that's a burden bearer, the kind that gives love when we are unlovable, when we don't deserve it. Lord, may we be that kind one to another, the kind that has our overall well-being in mind, the kind that sharpens and makes better. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people with that kind of friendship and may they endeavor to be that kind in return. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ.
He is the ultimate friend who sticks closer than a brother, the one who gave his life for his friends. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is long-suffering, that he is kind, that he knows everything about us and yet loves us still and desires to make us into his image. Father, I pray that you'd use your word this afternoon and even challenge the hearts of your people in some way. And we'll trust that you will accomplish your will. In Jesus' name, amen.